Hi everyone, this is Tim along with Matt and this is episode four of the football show here, our wrap-up show of the weekend in sports and weekend in football primarily. That's all we talk about here on the football show. But uh, before we get started, let me bring in my uh, my friend and partner, Matt, tonight. Good, how are you, Tim? I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I'm disappointed in the brownies. We'll get into that later, but you know, nothing exciting. It's something that happens seems like every week uh, with the Browns. So nothing new there. But let's uh, let's get into the high school football action because that's where it all begins, Matt. This as we uh, get started here, this is to me what you and I kind of live for the weekends for. Region one, Division one, Austintown Fitch, the only local school, is at number nine, and they're on the outside looking in, needing a lot of help. As all eight teams now control their destiny. Actually, let me rephrase that. Seven of the eight teams have clinched a spot. Maslin Perry is the only team that controls their own destiny. Basically, they win this week, they're in. So for Austin Town Fitch, you need Perry to lose. And let me find out exactly who Perry is playing in week 10. They got Glen Oak, who's three and six on the season. So not looking good for the Falcons. No, uh, you know, they had a, a really big win uh, against Boardman this past week, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, I thought possibly that with the uh, first and second level points that they'd be getting from that win, that it might be enough to push them into the possible, you know, the playoffs possibly. But Division One is a really difficult uh, level to get in. And if you have one or two losses and the teams that you're playing aren't having a good season or giving you enough points, then you're not going to make the yeah. show. And, and it looks like they're going to they're not they're not going to be in it this year. It looks like they're going to be just on the outside looking in. If they do win, you know they do. They're the only. There's only two teams left in that division who are is still mathematically alive. That is Austintown Fitch and Maslin Perry. Everybody uh, else in that uh, region has been eliminated or has clinched a playoff spot. So we wish the uh, Falcons the best going to week 10. Looks like they're going to need Perry to lose and some help. And the rest of their schedule, like Borman, to pick up a win in week 10 to help their level two points. Now, looking at Division Two, Region 7, speaking of Borman, who lost to Austin Town Fitch last Friday night, 28-7. to but guess what? They are still in the playoff hunt. They are at number seven in the region with a 12.9192 average. And they are five and four in a season. They do not control their own destiny. All they can do is win and hope that it that their schedule works out best for them. But right now, if the playoffs began in week nine, they would make it as the seventh seed facing Maslin Washington in the first round. And you know that that's because of the Big games that they've won. Uh, they definitely have been someone who has profited from second-level points from teams that they've beaten. The quality wins that they've had uh, definitely have gotten them in the position to be in. It definitely would have cemented them being in the playoffs if they could have beaten Fitch this past week. That is a huge rivalry. We, You and I both know how long that one goes back yeah. to the SVC days. And, um, you know, we got to see Boardman play play against uh, Harding in a really close game. And, and their offense, when it's clicking, is a, you know, type of offense that defenses really don't want to see in the playoffs. They run well. Their quarterback is strong. Uh, it's hard to get him down on the ground. Their offensive line, when they're blocking right, 
uh, is a tough offensive line to deal with. They're athletic. They're not overly big, but they can move. Their receiving core was decent in the last few games they played, and uh, I don't think they really expected to lose that game against Fitch, but Fitch is a good program, so I'm not surprised they beat them. Now, Nero Mike, so as we uh, move on into the action here in the Ohio High School Athletic Association Division Three. Our local team is leading this region. It is Canfield. The Cardinals have an average of 27.2111, and they have clinched a home game, and I believe they've basically clinched the number one overall spot. Uh, not quite yet, but uh, another win. They'll definitely have it. Uh, Buckeye comes in at number two. Kenston, three at four. St. Vincent St. Mary's comes in at number five. Alliance uh, comes in at six, and Talmadge is at seven, and Notre Dame Cathedral Latin comes in at eight with Kenton and Alliance in the top eight, but not necessarily clinched a playoff spot yet. They need to win, and they're going to need some uh, their victories, the people they beat in level two points uh, to continue on. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this one calls out, but the uh, the Cardinals have been really one of the class acts of the Mahoney Valley this year, and they uh, continue to do well. They are still undefeated at 9-0. Yeah, uh, I thought, you know, you and I had seen Howland play three times this year. Each consecutive game that we had done with them, uh, they had gotten to be a better football team, more complete, uh, much better on defense. They had excellent specialty players. One of the better offensive defensive lines we see all year. Great players. Uh, the MVPs we picked for those games were very deserving. You know, it was funny, Coach Menendez, the head coach, and Eric and Garrow, the defensive coordinator, were very disappointed we weren't going to do their game last week because we had become their good luck charm. We'd won, you know, they'd won every time we did their game this year. Fortunately, they ran into Canfield, and Canfield, in my opinion, is for real because the way Howland was playing, I had said uh, last week that I would not be surprised if Howland beat them. They really handed Howland a, a pretty bad loss. So uh, hats off to Canfield, and they look like they're for real right now, and I hope that they can make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah, I tell you what, Canfield has one of the more exciting quarterbacks and uh, players in the Valley, and Vinny uh, Fiorenza, we both haven't seen him play because of the games we've been doing, but uh, I've seen him on uh, – Highlights on the local television, and I got a, we got to see a couple of their games on delay uh, on local television, and he's the real deal. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball some, too. And Coach Pav, he's really done a great job leading this uh, Cardinal team to a uh, 9-0 season. Yeah, if they can stay healthy, and that's the key for all of our local teams, uh, I, I really don't see Canfield, Gerard. Lakeview, uh, those three teams really stick out to me. Well, let me take back Gerard. We'll obviously get into that. I'll save that. We're going to get into that right now because Division Four, Region 13, is our black and blue division, as I like to describe it as a lot of our schools, local schools, are in it. Uh, there are a few schools that are mathematically still alive. Schools are Beaver Local at 11. They are 6-3 and three on the season with a 9 average points. Cuyahoga Valley Christian from the Cleveland area is has a 10.23. They are at number 10. Salem is at number 9 with a 12.1667 average. 
And then Youngstown Cardinal Mooney, which controls their own destiny, has the number eight spot with a 12.8186. Canton South does not control their own destiny. They are at number seven. So they have potentially an opportunity to either move up or move down in the uh, maybe fall out of a playoff spot. They have the number seven spot right now with a 12.8444. And then we've t- we seen this team last week, Matt and Struthers. They come in at number six with a 14.01. Gerard comes in at number five, and they come in with a 14.55. Both Struthers and Gerard control their own destiny, meaning if they win, they are in in week 10. And congratulations goes out to the Lakeview Bulldogs and the Poland Seminary Bulldogs as they both have clinched a playoff spot as Lakeview falls from from number three to four this week in the computer rankings at eight and one. The 17.2278 and Poland moves back up into the three spot with an 18.4222. As I mentioned, both of them have clinched. Perry is at number two. It's Steubenville Big Red is at number one at nine and zero with a twenty seven point nine two two seven average. Well, you know, taking it from the top down, uh, Salem surprises me. Uh, you know, they they've had a better year than they've been having uh, recently. Mooney, uh, unfortunately for for myself, being an Ursuline grad, beat Ursuline in the Holy War and took the Shillelagh over across the river. So uh, Mooney has put themselves in a position if they can beat a tough Fitch team this week, and that's not going to be an easy game. Fitch is going to be up and hungry. They are not going to roll Fitch's over. Fitch's only opportunity to make the playoffs is to win that game and get some help. So, yeah, they I mean, that is a playoff game. They could get some big, big points uh, first and second level from Fitch. Um, so, you know, <laughs> Sorry, everybody out there, but go Falcons. You know, Mooney is Mooney, and I'm from Ursuline, so. I'll, I'll uh, say go, go Cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. Uh, number, <laughs> who was number seven again? Number seven is Canton South, but number okay. six is Struthers. Yeah, Struthers, you know, we saw them, like you said, against Hubbard. Man, they, they're a strong-looking team. They're, they look like they're peaking well. Uh, if they can, you know, keep winning and win one more game, I, I would assume they're in. I think that they they'll are. be on the playoffs. Uh, next is Lakeview. Gerard comes oh, in Gerard. at number five. five yeah, Here's, both Gerard and Struthers, if they win, they're in. Here is my take on Gerard right now. Um, they just came off a 55-21 win over LeBray, who – we saw it twice, and they had a decent team. They've really gone downhill since we saw them. Gerard, I, I, I'm, I'm still iffy about them, Tim. You know, they have not had a very tough schedule. I, I have a big question mark about them. This week, our game of the week, Liberty visits Gerard, and we get to do that game. I'm very excited about it because this will be our third game covering Liberty, and, Co- and Coach Chet will – be excited to see us there again because he also feels we've become a good luck charm. Uh, we've won; they've won every time we've done their game. They have also, like Howland had with us, gotten very you know good at each game that we've seen. They've gotten better and better. They opened up very slow, uh, but they have just been crushing teams. Uh, so we know the players on that squad are good. 
Uh, Gerard's going to have their hands full. That's that's their rival, Gerard and Liberty, backyard rivals. Uh, Liberty is going to be hungry to go in there and, and knock them off in the regular season. Gerard, I know some uh, some of their coaches, Nick Cochran and JT Del Garbino. They're excited we're going to be doing their game this week, and they're fired up. And I, I want to see if they're for real. So uh, you know, let's let's roll with it. It's 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 going to be a great game. Those who may be listening on right now, as we're live on a Google Hangout, it is on Z104 here in the Valley, and pregame is at 6.30, kickoff is at 7, and you can catch us on the internet at oldiesz104.com. As Matt mentioned, that is our game of the week. It is Gerard versus Liberty, Gerard 9-0, Liberty 7-2, both of them needing a victory to secure their playoff spot, so it should be a lot of interesting play coming on friday night i can't wait for that and speaking of what you mentioned the indians from gerard this is who they beat this year as you mentioned earlier their schedule was not kind to them with a lot of wins uh the teams that they faced have not been one of them has a winning record this year niles mckinley has their got their first victory this week congratulations four and five yes uh john f kennedy's three and six champion is winless through nine games jefferson area has one win Campbell Memorial has two wins. Brookfield has four wins. Newton Falls with three wins. LaBray with four wins. And Liberty is the first team they're going to face this year that has a winning record. And it was week 10 with a 7-2 and two record. So a week schedule this year and a very good team? Or is this a product of a weaker schedule and a good team, but not maybe a great team? Yeah, we'll find out. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited. You know, uh, our, our cohort and partner, Mark Means, on our sister station, 1240 AM, uh, who's the program manager and put together the two schedules for our stations, uh, you know, preseason thought he had the great, better schedule than us, and laughingly has told us both that you guys ended up having the killer schedule. You had the best games. We really have had 90% of our games have turned out to be good ones. So I think, though, there is the possibility that whoever wins this game, these two teams could still possibly end up in the playoffs and could end up playing each other in the playoffs for a second time. So that would be interesting to see. It could be. Well, here's the thing. Um, just since you brought up that possibility, I believe Liberty – yeah, Liberty's in a, in a different region, so they would not face in the playoffs. Okay, okay. Well, then that's my but, mistake. But, yeah, that's all right. That's It's legitimate understanding because there's so many local teams – in this region who play each other actually uh, separated in divisions and regions so they will not face each other in the playoffs so this is a lot of sense though a playoff game for both teams because the winner will secure a playoff spot while the loser may fall out like i said it is a scenario here for for gerard they're nine and zero on a season but they come in at number five in the rankings they would go on a road for their first road game if it started today for the playoffs yeah, the four or five, they would actually get Lakeview. So that could be an interesting matchup and well, a possible first round matchup. What I am and uh, to talk about, sorry, Tim, is actually Lakeview. They are one of my teams from the area that I think have an excellent shot of going really deep in the playoffs. Uh, you got to give the Pavlansky brothers a. Uh, Coach Kepav at Canfield and Coach Pav at Lakeview, they are having an amazing season. Uh, Lakeview, 
We saw them week one against Howland, and Howland took it to them. Uh, looked strong. Lakeview came on at the end, but they, they have did. not looked back. Uh, they they did have a weak game last week. They played uh, Owen and seven yeah. champion. They beat them 38 nothing. And I just want to mention real quick, I really enjoyed interviewing both coaches before that game. I really liked champion's coach. I just found out on WFMJ's Twitter page that he had resigned last week and was not even at the game on the sidelines with them against Lakeview. I have an issue with that. Yeah, it's disappointing. You make a commitment to those young men, regardless if it's hard for you and you're not going to come back coaching, you at least give those kids what you set out to do when you finish your season. I was very disappointed to hear that he did not show up at that game for them. That That's terrible that that happened. Yeah, I wish I knew more of the circumstances there. I agree with you. It's it's just it, like you mentioned. It, it's a ten week season. Make your commitment. You start working with these kids in January and weightlifting and and uh, conditioning, and then you did it all summer long and then into the fall as the season begins. You hate to see a coach uh, bow out. I don't know all the circumstances behind it. Hopefully, it's not any uh, personal problems. More right. than just having the tough season. They had only one uh, yeah, I agree. last year and zero yeah. this year. So maybe the, I, I, the weight of that. Exactly. I mean, we just don't know. I mean, I wish I had better answers for you on that. Make Go too hard on Right. Make an assumption that this is purely about not winning a game this year. And then again, as you know, some communities put a lot of pressure on these head coaches. So when they have a tough year, uh, it's not uncommon for a community to demand a change and and maybe he was trying to get ahead of it. Who knows? I don't know the whole story there, but uh, Lakeview, as you mentioned, is taking on Struthers uh, in week 10. And basically you're looking at a, a, you know, a really interesting uh, matchup uh, because Struthers control their own destiny. They need the win to get in. Lakeview does not. Lakeview has clinched a spot. However, if Lakeview wins, they'll clinch a home game. Oh, big. So it's very important for both these teams. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that first round home game is huge. Well, I, just like we had last week, a playoff uh, game basically in regular season, that's exactly what that game's going to be. There's a lot of pre-playoff games. Our, our game's going to be pre-playoff. That definitely, Lakeview Struthers, man, should, that's going to be a game, man. That, I, I am excited to see who wins that. You know, everybody's going to be selling out this week. A lot of teams could be, you know, that are looking at the outside in. If they face a loss, they could get knocked out. Teams play hard, man. So uh, you got to love it. This is what it's all about. It really is. And finally, just locally in that region, 13, it is uh, Canfield and Poland week. Uh, The battle 224, Poland coming in with one loss, Canfield undefeated. And both have secured their playoff spots. This is a rivalry that's going to be coming to an end next year. So these kids have been playing this for years. This is what their their number one rival is. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that game uh, turns out. I'm very curious about that one. Uh, I think it is, uh, without a doubt, one of the marquee games in Week 10 each and every year is the Poland-Canfield game. Yeah, it is, especially this year with with both teams being so good. Poland coming off the one loss to 
the other bulldog team in the area, Lakeview, last week. And, uh, you know, it, it shows you just how those first and second level points work because Lakeview beat Poland, yet they're one slot behind Poland because of the teams they've beaten and how their schedule second level has given them points. So if anybody wants kind of an idea how that works, that's a perfect example. That is absolutely, you coined it perfectly, a marquee game. Uh, man, that would be a great one to have. It's going to be fun to see who wins it. Uh, you know, I, I question if this really will be the last time they play. I think, you know, some of these schools that have these rivalries that have been going on for so long, even though when some of them are moving to different conferences and such, that they'll try and make room in one of that 10, 10 game seasons to play that rival if they can. I hope so. I mean, it took Foreman and Mooney 10 years to get that rivalry back up. And same with Ursland. It took almost 10 years. I think it was eight years in between Ursland and Borman games at one point. So I hope as a Valley High School football fan that these uh, schools find ways to get that done. Uh, it is great competition and it's great tradition and you hate to see that tradition thrown aside over you know the idea of one team maybe dominating the other or one school getting too large to play another school uh it's it always is going to vary there's always going to be some some variance uh involved in schools uh gaining in population uh each year so i hope they find a way to keep that going I'm not optimistic right now because I've seen it happen in the past in the Valley where some of these rivalries come to an end and you get a big hiatus in between the, them playing again. Let's hope that's not the case. You know, a perfect example was would be uh, this past year, Bourbon played Hallett for the first time in 17 years. Wow. I mean, that's unfortunate, but these things happen in this area. I mean, Eagles get involved, desires to have winning winning programs and – uh, to make the playoffs and have a strong schedule, but just strong enough versus playing a, a you know, well, let's face it, a Mooney or Ursland schedule, which as independents, even JFK, phenomenal. You know, they just got to take whatever games they can get. And I hate to see some of these schools have to go down that road. And Campbell may be the next one in that, that you know, that barrel that would have to make those decisions about uh, making a, a strong schedule in the future where they're going to play some schools maybe they traditionally never played before because blam yeah i agree with you tim i i hope they do try and make that work uh i really like the fact that you had mentioned real quick there about how ursland and mooney are playing board basically the the old svc they're all playing each other again Which mooney ursland harding boardman and fitch that that was the marquee conference back in our day and they're playing again and how amazing that would be to to start that back up. I, I would love it. And uh, you know what, what I would love to see, not just that, but you add Youngstown East and you add Canfield to that. And mm. that would give you six really great, seven good schools to really build a conference around for all sports. And that would be, that would be great to see if it would happen. I might be dreaming there, but we'll just have to wait and see how this all shakes down in the next couple of years. Sorry, everybody. That's all right. Uh, we'll move on to to uh, Region 17 from Division 5, and that is where the undefeated South Range Raiders leading the region with a 
uh, ranking on the average, and they are in great shape. Crestview from Columbiana comes in at number eight, and they will need to win this week and uh, see how the points fall out. Teams have all clinched their spot in the playoffs. There's only two spots left, number seven and eight. Wycliffe controls their own destiny. If they win, they're in. Uh, Crestview, Garfield, uh, Villangelo, St. Joe's, they all have a chance. Unfortunately, LeBray has been eliminated from West Salem on the west side of the state is actually still viable for a playoff spot. So only about four teams left for one spot or two spots uh, in Region 17. But South Range is the uh, seems to be the class act. They've played a great schedule this year, and they have a game against Sharpsville from Pennsylvania next. So uh, they'll take on Sharpsville in Week 10. They are 5-4. and four. And they would be a Division Five school if they played in Ohio. So that tells you there's a lot of points still available again here for South Range, who's already clinched their playoff spot. You know, I have to say something about them. I was so impressed with their win over St. Clairsville, 46 to 28. And St. Clairsville is a division bigger, and they were number one in the state, I believe, before that loss. Right. Right. So. They it's, are for real. They got their, their new digs, their new stadium this year. They got new uniforms. We've said this before. Young minds really flourish from things like that. Having a brand new stadium and a new house really changes things. You know, South Range has put together amazing football seasons through the years, but they just couldn't get over that hump in the playoffs. This could be the year for them that they – maybe go all the way and man they're going to get some home games it looks like for the playoffs and that will be huge well let's move on to region 21 and division six as this will be the most important game (laughs) of the year for the liberty leopards as the leopards come in at number 12 in the region the top eight makes the playoffs the leopards of course take on gerard you can hear that on Z104, here's the easy plug, and oldiesz104.com, as Matt and I will be uh, bringing that game next Friday night. McDonald's actually ahead of Liberty at number 11 in this conference, or this region. East Palestine comes in at number 10, and Springfield from uh, New Middletown, just a little south of Poland, coming in at number 9 on the outside looking in with 11.85 computer ranking. And listen to this. The top four teams have all clinched home games. Mogador, Rootstown, Kirkland, and Norway have all clinched their playoff spot. And they all are going to host their first round playoff games in Rootstown. We mentioned them last time. They're from Trumbull County. And uh, what a season they've had. They're undefeated at 9-0 and with a 19.1787 average. And Mogador leads the region with a 22.04 average so uh pretty impressive but when you look down to it west reserve the team we've seen with the big win this past week uh an amazing game we're going to talk about that here in a second uh we're going to get into that they come in at number five and they control their own destiny so there's a good chance matt that you and i may have a west reserve game in the future yeah that would be really exciting uh you know, real quick on Liberty, if they obviously if they beat Gerard, I would assume they're going to make it. So more exciting for them. Uh, Western Reserve, 
I mean, what can we say? We saw, without a doubt, one of the best games, maybe the most exciting game all year in the whole Valley. I just want to say congrats to Rootstown. I really don't – I couldn't get there if, if you said drive to Rootstown. I'd have to use Google. Not many people know that they're from this area, but they are, so congrats. But moving back to that game, Tim, oh, my God, you and I and Anthony went absolutely berserk along with the stadium. The sway of emotions at the end of that game was incredible. McDonald coming back at the end, looking like they put it away with 20 seconds on the clock, and then they kick off to Western Reserve, and I'll let you finish off with that. Let's see if this works. I'm not sure you're going to hear this or not, but I have the highlights of the uh, Citron touchdown. So the score was 7-0 Western Reserve in the fourth quarter with uh, under a minute to play, actually under 30 seconds to play in the game, and this is what happened. Came right after a two point conversion. This is And that's when we thought they thought that might have been a one play over since uh, try to win it yourselves. Win it or lose it, have the ball in your in your hand for McDonald. And they took that 8-7 uh, lead there with uh, 21 seconds left in the ball game. Yeah, you he he had some guts and he had faith in his football players and they came through. That was a really awesome uh, series. They they put it in when they needed it to. Uh, but it just wasn't meant to be. Well, there, as you mentioned, on the next play, a kickoff. This is what happened. The battle of the Blue Devils is everything we have expected. Ryan Dembski is the deep kick returner. Also back is number 16, Jimmy Mayberry. As kicking the ball off for... McDonald will be number three, Logan Shields. Shields will kick it left to right on your radio dial. Here comes the play. As a line drive down the middle. There by Henning. Heading to the 30. That's where the Oh, my God. He's got a oh, my it. God. He got the 35. <laughs> Sorry, 
Sam. That was one of the most incredible plays I have ever seen. You want to talk about stepping up in a situation that looked bleak? They just ran back a kickoff. That was one of the best plays of the year. A 75-yard touchdown kickoff return. Reliving it. That, that I have chills all over again. And just like you had said on the recording there, Tim, uh, Todd Henning, uh, 5'11", 170 pound sophomore, had an amazing game, played both ways, wide receiver, defensive back, played special teams. The kid did it all. He had a great game. I mean, he was all over the field playing great defense. He goes our player of the game. He he uh, got MVP. He, his parents were, were uh, amazing, good people, and they were so excited. And, and to see his face, he, he'll never forget it. Do you have the last play of that game by chance? Actually, I do. I think he deserves that. All right, here – this is basically how the game ended. Todd Henning and Hillis will be the defensive backs. It looks like they'll play deeper. We'll see exactly what they choose to do here for McDonald. Ryan Scalen, the quarterback, the six foot, 165 pound junior, leads his team onto the field, ball at the 49 yard line. He'll be in shotgun, and they'll send three receivers to the short side of the field by the McDonald bench. Going left to right. He's back to pass. He's looking. He's firing. He's going to throw deep. He's over to throw. He's going to be picked off by Todd Henning. Getting it up. Henning will intercept the ball on the seven-yard line with 2.2 seconds. With 2.2 seconds left. That I like your little coaching information. Yeah, that was great. I, I loved it. Um, our cohort, uh, Anthony Kepley, uh, jumped the gun a little bit and, you know, screamed. He was excited. He screamed, that's our that's our yeah, player right. of the game. But he was right. That was our player of the oh, game. Oh, absolutely. So, it was right. He, Did he you catch was, yourself mumbling, get back? Yeah, yeah. That, did that, you hear that? <laughs> wait, I did? I, I was cutting that up, and I heard that. I started laughing. I heard you underneath your breath go, <laughs> Talking to the defensive backs. <laughs> I was like, Max coaching from the booth. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, we had we had a great time and it was a, an amazing game. And congratulations to Todd Henning, was our player of the game. By the way, Matt, you know he was the guy who recovered the fumble in the first half. Oh my God, what a game. I mean, that kid ha- was was a one man army that night. So congratulations. They got him for Defense two more years. Which is phenomenal. I mean, that's that 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 preserved their season. Uh, what he did defensively and special teams, and uh, it will go down in Blue Devil history there as the Battle of Blue Devils went down to the basically the last play of the game. Unreal. I was standing in line the next day at Giant Eagle grabbing uh, some some breakfast for my daughter her little friend had slept over and I, and the lady next to me in line had a tribune sitting on top of her her buggy right there splashed on the front page big as day was was the reserve mcdonald game and and i just chuckled to myself and, and what a game man that was a special night it certainly was and uh, that's what i've always said that's why i love doing high school football because you never know 
who's the star going to be and when it's going to happen. That's what makes high school sports so unique. A 140-pound, 5'7 guy, uh, a sophomore comes through with three huge plays in the ball game. All, all, two of them on defense and one on special teams and basically uh, preserves a opportunity for the Western Reserve Blue Devils to go into the playoffs. Yeah, and they've got a great coach. Uh, coach Hake is, is a very inspirational guy. I loved looking across the field after McDonald had scored that two-point conversion. Guys' heads were down. He was screaming at them. He had this finger pointing at them. You know what he was saying. We're, this game's not over. We're not giving up. We're going to fight until there's no time on the clock. And and he did it, man. So hats off. Congratulations. And, you know, you never know. You have magical games like that. You just might be meant to win a state championship. So uh, good luck to them. Well, he mainly had the quote of the year. I don't know if you read this quote or not. It was in the Youngstown Vindicator uh, written by our good friend Steve Ruman uh, when he was talking about his team. Let me find it exactly here. Here we go. Heroes are born every day. Hake said afterwards, only in America, only in America where you can come out and see stuff like this. You're not going to do this in North Korea. They're not going to do it in Syria. They're not going to, they're going to do it here in Berlin Center. We stand for the flag always. We salute our country and we always America first. Yeah. That is the quote after the game by the head coach. And you know, what's ironic is uh, before the game, when I interviewed both coaches, one of my questions to coach Hake was about his his love of God and country and the respect for our country and the flag. And he talked very, uh, you know, endearingly about the fact of everything going on with the national anthem and guys kneeling. And, and he feels how disrespectful it is because if it wasn't for that flag and those military men out there, we wouldn't even have football being played right now. And I understand this is America. Everybody has their right to, to do what they want. But, you know, they're pointing out things towards police brutality. That's not what the flag and the military stand for is that kind of stuff. So it needs to be separated. And I agree with them. I think it needs to be respected. And I, lo- I love the way that he takes things about. Why don't I play it now for anybody who may have wanted to hear it quit? This was your uh, pregame uh, interview with Coach Hake. Coach's Corner, Pizza Joe's. Everyone goes to Pizza Joe's, your favorite neighborhood pizza place. I'm here with Western Reserve Blue Devils head coach Andy Hake in his ninth year, six and two overall, four and one in the conference, coming off a big win, 42 nothing over Waterloo. Coach, it's no secret that tonight's battle with Blue Devils is not just a great matchup with two proud programs used to a postseason, but a win or loss could knock each other out of the playoffs. How do you? tried to quell the pressure of that fact tonight? Um, our kids have been in these games the last eight years, nine years, and, and, and this was, uh, we're excited about this. We like this. We love playing McDonald's. McDonald's one that brings out the best in you. McDonald's a great program with great tradition, and they bring out the best in you. So this game always comes down to a touchdown. You're at the right place tonight, man. Believe me when I tell you that. And we have a lot of respect for them. 
Um, and we know that they're going to play tough, so we're going to have to match the intensity and get up after them. I, I like how you're very proud of your football program and your country, considering all the hoopla, so to speak, surrounding the national anthem. How do you incorporate that into your coaching? I teach social studies. So you know what? You teach kids. You stand forever. You stand forever because it's one thing that unites us. It's one thing that we can at least put our things aside for a second and, and honor people that, that sacrifice their lives in order to give us the right to do those things. That's the one thing that binds us together. And it's unbelievable how some people are acting. And, uh, hey, we come out with flags. You'll see today, every kid comes out with a flag for us. Hey, we're with the country. That's it. That's the end of it. You, 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 there's no way from that one. That's okay. Hey, we're here for a football game, man. You know what I mean? That's what we're going to focus on. And my guys are right place them all tonight. You have a great running game. Ohio State recruit running back Joe Capabianca is obviously one of your leaders. You have 20 returning lettermen and 12 seniors. What a blessing. Who has really stepped up as a true leader thus far this season? Our quarterback has done a tremendous job growing, and, and our team's kind of grown with him on offense, and our defense runs through the ball. I, I love our seniors. I love our team. I love our program. So it's, it's a program. I, I think all of our, even our, our quarterbacks played uh, exceptional. This year, our wide receivers played some exceptional. Our lines come on. Our lines really come on. Rob Hively, Dallas Smith, and um, uh, Cody Halady, and Ryan Moose, four seniors that really, uh, you know, they've improved every week. And our, our, this game's going to go on now. Yeah, I have four senior linemen, and it's going to go on them. And I, I, I you know, we're ready to go. Fair. You know, you actually just answered my next question. That's my favorite position, yeah, and I was yeah. curious. You had said preseason. You were a little iffy about yeah. that crew, so you answered that. Thank they you. Grew, they grew. All right, well, how do you plan on attacking this good offense of the McDonald Blue Devils tonight? And then do me a favor, right after that, switch sides and do the same for the yeah. D. Okay, offensively, uh, um, you know, we're going we're to attack them several different ways. And you know what? It's going to be predicated on our, our ground game. If, if we're real physical with them up front, you know, we're going to have a chance in this game. If we don't play physical up front, we're in trouble. And that's just how it is. The line of scrimmage determines games like this because this is a rivalry game. Everybody's going to play hard. Everybody's going to play hard. Defensively, you got to run to the ball. Seriously, you got to run to the ball and keep running the ball because they're going to run a lot of jet sweeps and they run sideways. So if you don't keep running the ball, they're going to get you on the corner. one of the best backs in the county. Number 31, Alex Centron, one of the best backs in the county. And we have a lot of respect for him. And so they have a great running game. If you don't stop them on the ground, man, they'll throw the ball 31 times this year. So they're going to run the ball. Another good thing they can do the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to run the ball. So we're going to have to get up after them on the ball. Uh, other side of the field? Um, you know, like I said, on defense, we have to run to the ball. Um, you know, this is going to be a game of field position, too. You can't turn the ball over. You can't turn the ball over. So we're going to play smart. Probably have to find play field position. Okay. Well, Coach, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Good luck. This is Matt Ems. We'll be back with you in 30 seconds. Matt Imps, Coach's Corner, Pizza Joe's. Everyone goes to Pizza Joe's, your favorite neighborhood pizza place. I'm here with McDonald Blue Devil Coach Gear. Overall record, 7-1, and 5-0 and oh in the conference. You guys are coming off a 47-8 win over the McKinley Trojans. Only loss was week two in an overtime thriller with Columbiana, 38-37. How has your team top to bottom, coaches and players, grown since then? Well, we, we, we try not to go back to that loss, of course, but we learned from that loss, and we learned a lot from that loss. Our kids learned back then that you got to finish every play. you got to play every 
play like it's the last. Um, you got to run to the football. You, you, you know, a lot of lessons learned on the loss. You know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to learn on a on a, on a win, even though you do. But the ones that hurt the worst, I think you learn the most from. So we built from that. We we've grown from that, and uh, we're definitely a better football team today because of it. Last time we saw you was week three against Champion. You guys beat them thirty-eight to nothing. Tonight's a huge game with Western Reserve in the Battle of the Blue Devils, in which the playoff implications are pretty big. Have you went about practice for this week a little differently than you would any normal game, or are you stressing on how important this week is for that purpose? Yeah, we definitely treat this week like a playoff week. You know, we know the implications. We know if we uh, if we lose, we we're probably going to be out. You know, but most importantly, also we have a league title we're playing for. You know, if we win tonight, we can win a, a league title outright with a with a win next week against Lowville. So that's on our mind as well. So like I talked about all week long, our kids, we, we have a two week playoff here. You know, this week and next, and then if we do uh, take care of our business in those two weeks, we'll definitely be ready for week eleven. Are there any players that we should be, should be seeing tonight that might not be on the field for any specific reasons, like injury? No, not at all. We're healthy. That's always a good sign. Can we not? Okay. I know the answer, but can you at least tell our, our listeners, you know, handling the kids, not looking ahead to the postseason, but considering again how important it is to win tonight? Can you add anything else to what you just said a little bit ago? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's no way to look ahead. You know, when you're playing a team like Western Reserve, you know, they've uh, they've had a better of us the last six years. I think they've won five out of the last six. So our kids are aware of that. Our kids know the importance of tonight. Uh, yeah, they're never going to look past this team. This team's, a, you know, an exceptional coach team. They got they got great players over there. They got great tradition, and we're going to come out and fire them right away. How do you plan on attacking the offensive reserve? Then do me a favor, switch sides, and let me know how you guys plan on attacking the D. Yeah, well, you know, they've got some weapons offensively. They, they jump in and out of the spread. They, uh, I think they want to establish the run, and we're going to try to, to, to get our people up to the line of scrimmage. we got to tackle well. we got to gang tackle, and we got to not let them bust off any big plays through the run. And those passing games are very good, you know, passing game and uh, throwing for well over a thousand yards. They got some tall receivers, so they're going to be a challenge for us. But uh, we're going to find this play hard. We're going to come out and rally to the football, and uh, you know, hopefully we can limit them to uh, any big plays. Now, on our side of football, we do we do best. That's around the football. You know, we're going to try to establish a run game. We're going to try to keep the ball out of their offensive hands by some long sustained drives. The key thing there is going to be for us to punch it in at the end. We have to we have to take those long drives and then get points out. Well, coach, thank you for being with us tonight. Good luck. This is Matt Amps. We'll be back in 30 seconds. It's a little delayed, but I got them for you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you playing that. That was a, a, a really threw me off a little bit. Uh, we had a little uh, technical issue the other night, but thank you for playing that. I, that I appreciate that. Well, you know, it was funny because you started talking about it, and I knew I had them on my file, so I just had to pull them up. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I think it's uh, it's important to hear from the coaches each weekend. I think when you have two coaches that are entrenched in their in their communities, uh, Hake has been there like nine years, I believe, for Western Reserve, and Dan Williams has been there 18 years at McDonald. Yeah. I mean, these are two stalwarts in their community and uh, people who uh, people know at both Western Reserve and McDonald, and I do believe uh, it's unfortunate what happened. Sometimes glitches happen, and you just got to move on in live radio. In live broadcasting, we can make adjustments because uh, we have that ability. Yeah, and we did well. We jumped on. I After I, I switched it off in my head, we just filled in good. And my God, did we make up for a little a little nothing when you look at the way that game turned out. So, uh, yeah, man, that was, that was unforgettable. I, I will remember that one yeah. for a long time. 
All right, let's take a look at this real quickly in Region 1 from Division uh, 6. As we mentioned, Mogador clinched Roostown. Kirk Kirkland and Norway of all – Norway has clinched all home games, the first four spots. West Reserve and Independence all control their own destiny. That leaves one spot open for Columbia, Springfield, East Palestine, Madonna, uh, McDonald, or Liberty – and my best opportunity here, it got to be a Liberty. If they can beat Gerard, I think they may jump all these teams and get there. It's going to be close. But I think if they can come out with the win, they'll have a shot. Looking at, they can max out at 16.45. And that looks to be a number that should get them in the playoffs if they get max points available this coming week. Yeah, and they beat Gerard. I would be shocked if they're not in the playoffs. And, you know, I just got to mention, you hear that name, Kirtland, you know they're going to be ready to play some good ball in the playoffs. So definitely one of those teams that are in the playoffs year in and year out that uh, come to, to go to a championship. So uh, anybody that makes the playoffs, uh, it's going to be a tough road. But obviously whoever, you know, gets through that bracket will be deserving of being there. And Liberty is just playing so strong right now and so fast, and they're dominating teams. Uh, Gerard's going to have their hands full. Well, there's no question about it. As we move to Region 25, one local team available to make the playoffs, they have a losing record, and they're still viable, is the John F. Kennedy Eagles, as they have a 5.9949 computer average, and they come in at number seven. And basically – if they can beat St. Thomas Aquinas and end their five-game losing streak, they can make the playoffs. Well, what is Aquinas's record? Do you know? One and eight. Ooh, well, that – I mean, you can't guarantee a win. Anybody can win right. any week. But I'm going to give JFK the edge. I'm going to say Coach Bayek has his boys ready. And uh, you know what? That would be a testament to the season that they – you know, have played in terms of schedule. Uh, perfect, another perfect example of uh, second-level points definitely helping uh, JFK stay That's in the exactly what it is. Yeah, so if they make it, uh, they definitely are, are making it by the skin of their teeth. But uh, once they get in the playoffs, if they do, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make another run. Well, the, there's four teams available to make you run for the playoffs still, mathematically. Lowville, who is four and five, is at 13, is still mathematically alive. Newberry at four and five is at number 11. Matthews is at four, five and four at number 10. Melbourne comes in at four and five. They are at nine. And holding the seven and eight spot right now, which the last two spots for the playoffs, is John F. Kennedy at seven and Toronto from uh, – from Columbiana County, they come in at number eight. So it looks very plausible, very possible that with a John F. Kennedy victory, they will make the playoffs. Well, you know what? Uh, you play better teams during the regular season, kind of like, you know, how Ursuline and Mooney with their tough schedules, they're so battle-hardened when they get to the playoffs Normally, the schools that they end up facing are not the teams they play in the regular season, and that's why they usually go so deep. So if JFK can make it, I think that, you know, even though their schedule has not been 
where their record has not been as good as they're used to, obviously, coming off a state championship. If they can get in the playoffs, I think, you know, they can they can make some noise. So good luck to Coach Baig and the Eagles. No question about it. Let's turn the page to the college football atmosphere that's going on and uh, what a weekend of college football it was. Maybe not so many great games, but important wins for teams like Notre Dame uh, coming away with the big win against USC. Yeah, I, what uh, what a night for me last night being a, a Notre Dame and Ohio State fan. Of Obviously, the Buckeyes were off, so all my focus was on Notre Dame. Uh, that is for for being a Notre Dame fan. One of the I would say top three biggest rivalries that they have in the history, uh, maybe one or two. And just like I, I or at Ursland hate Mooney. When I was at YSU, I hated Marshall. Just like being an Ohio State fan, hating Michigan, I despise Southern Cal. And they not only beat them. They absolutely took them behind the woodshed and beat them with a tree trunk. They just beat them in every facet of the game. All I heard before the game was how good their quarterback is. He's the best quarterback in the country. And we made them look like a high school team last night. So Notre Dame is for real. Notre Dame uh, definitely deserves credit where credit is due. They slid all the way up to number nine. That loss they had, that one-point loss to number three Georgia, doesn't look so bad, everybody, now, does it? Yeah, no, it they, doesn't. If they can finish out, they will be in the playoff. They have their hands full this week. I am excited. I'm going to personally be in South Bend to see them play against number 13 uh, North Carolina State, who you and I, Tim, have talked about numerous times. They are really on this year, one of the best teams in the ACC. They have one of the best defenses, maybe the best defensive lineman in the country, and Brandon Chubb, uh, cousin of Nick Chubb, the running back from Georgia, and also cousin of, I think it's Brantley, or or, uh, I forget his name. He's a, a defensive player at Wake Forest. So good family tree. Uh, the linebacking core is solid, but their defensive backs at the Wolfpack, boy, they are ball hawking and dangerous. So it's not going to get any easier for Notre Dame, and this will be a challenge. But, man, what a showing last night. No, no question about it. Penn State continues to roll as they get ready for Ohio State. As Penn State and Michigan uh, face Saturday night, and Penn State rolled in that one, 42-13. to 13. Uh, Not a surprise that Penn State won. How much they won by? Pretty much a, you know, a, a thorough thrashing of the Wolverines, and uh, I did not expect that big of a win. I thought they may win by ten or fifteen, but I didn't expect uh, a twenty-point win. I knew they were going to win that game, but I agree. I did not see the score that ended up happening. A twenty-nine point win. You look last night at Notre Dame and Penn State, and they just were on. Penn State's for real, in my opinion. All people talked about was, excuse me, was Michigan having the number one defense in the country. I have been saying for weeks they are overrated. Once they see an offense like Penn State or Ohio State, they're going to be in trouble. And they were. They got thrashed last night. 
Penn State made a huge statement. But I will tell you something. Their head coach made a big mistake last night. He was being interviewed after the game, and he told the reporter he mentioned Ohio State this week going to Columbus. And he looked at her, and you could have taken it two ways, but his tone gave you the sense of what he was going. He said, oh, we have a big game this week? I didn't notice. It wasn't being sarcastic funny. It was being disrespectful, saying we're not worried about the Buckeyes. Normally, it's players that put their feet in their mouth and give corkboard material to the team they're going to play. Ohio State already has a chip on their shoulder from losing last year to Penn State. Now, with that coach's comment, it's bigger than ever. So I'm really surprised he said what he said, but they're going to have their hands full with the Buckeyes. Uh, no question. I agree with you there. And then uh, you look at some of the other scores that happened this uh this past week uh, or this past Saturday, uh, a game that was featured on uh, a lot of television sets uh, everywhere was the Oklahoma State-Texas game. And you know what? Texas had their opportunities. It went to overtime. A bad pass ended that ball game. Uh, they, they tied it up late. It's, uh, Texas had their opportunities to win that game and just really couldn't finish the game. Yeah, you know what? I had talked preseason with Mark Means on Tuesdays when I was with them that one of the teams I said to watch out for this year would be Oklahoma State. They are a team, as you like to say, Tim, that has their destiny in their own hands. If they can finish out and win all the rest of their games, win the Big 12, beating Oklahoma, their rival, they will definitely have a chance to end up in the playoff. They're looking good. Tom Herman's doing a great job, the ex-offensive coordinator from our national championship season in 2015 at Ohio State. He's doing a great job. He's changing everything in in Texas. They are on their way back. So anybody that's a Texas hater, um, the the Longhorns are definitely going to be in the the mix of things soon. Um, I was shocked as everybody was at the errant pass that their young quarterback and he's just like a freshman or sophomore that he threw he just made a bad decision he he should have threw it away um but hey a win's a win and oklahoma state is is looking good right now they certainly are as the uh, we look at oklahoma as you mentioned then they won against kansas state by 7 42 35 Alabama rolled over Tennessee 45-7. Not a big surprise there. And Miami continues their undefeated season, defeating Syracuse, who had the big win against Clemson earlier this year, 27-19. So the Canes continue to move forward. You know what? I, I'm, a, I'm happy you brought them up next because I'm a huge Mark Rick fan. I like him. Uh, Georgia got rid of him. All he did was win there. Um, what he's done is go back to his alma mater where he played college football at, Miami. The U has been without their persona for a long time, since the early 90s. And he has immediately breathed life back in their program. They are at number eight, as you said. Syracuse were giant killers last week, knocking off number two Clemson. Uh, They played decent in the game. Uh, They're definitely a program on the rise. But Miami, uh, the U looks like they're back. And I'm excited because Notre Dame and Miami used to be one of the biggest rivalries. There was Catholics versus the convicts. And 
I would love to see that rivalry reunited with both teams being good again. So uh, wouldn't it be I'm nice excited. to see a, a semi semifinal game at a bowl game this that year? Would be, Notre Dame versus Miami. That would be awesome. for the right to play for the national title. Yeah, it would be. You'd see guys like uh, Russell Maryland and uh, Rocky Bishmael on the sidelines, and you think yep. of those guys, man. That'd be great to see. Interesting. One other uh, really notable thing to talk about is Mike Lynch got his team back in the win column after uh, having the tough weeks that they had. Washington State blanks uh, Colorado 28 nothing, But uh, they were a team everyone expected a lot from, and they hit that tough ratch, and they couldn't get anything done. But they uh, they bounced back this week, finding a team that they can, uh, they can really Colorado with a 28 nothing win. Yeah, uh, you know, they needed a win. Uh, they're still number 15 in the country. They're still very dangerous. They are, in my opinion, one of the top three teams in the Pac-10. So watch out for Washington State. They'll be in a big bowl regardless of how the rest of their season goes. Um, you know, I, I really want to mention a couple teams. One of them who I think everybody is mistakenly – ignoring and not paying attention to are the number seven Wisconsin Badgers. They are good. And people better watch out because they are sneaking up quietly on everybody and dominating. Uh, I'm so impressed with them. Also, I I really want to give a shout out to one of my favorite college coaches there is, and that's Charlie Strong, who took over the South Florida Bull program. They are number 16 and undefeated in the country. If them or the surprising undefeated number 20 Central Florida Knights end up undefeated for their whole season, they will be one of those, you know, outside the big, big conferences, big five, ending up in a huge bowl. So they're doing great jobs. Uh, question. We mentioned that earlier about – all the uh, schools in Florida and, and the opportunities to uh, always have someone in a top 10 or top 15. And those two schools right now are, are showing their merit. Again, as you mentioned, Charlie Strong with uh, South Florida and USC. Is that uh, that Cusick? Is that Mike Cusick still the coach down there? I think so, yeah. The former Steeler quarterback. Yeah, so they, they're looking good. I mean, we go down to Florida about two times a year. We spend about three days in, in uh, Orlando, and then we go over to Tampa. But Tam- Orlando is one of the fastest-growing uh, cities in the country. It gets so much bigger exponentially. Every year we go there, we're like, oh, my God, it's so much bigger. So they're getting so many more students. They're getting bigger, better athletes. And you can tell they're getting better. So, I mean, you look at this year, now it's because of injuries. Florida State is way down. But every other school, Florida is iffy, but they have a big game against uh, their big rival, uh, Georgia, this week. But UCF, USF, and the U, man, they're they're looking good. Um, you know, one other team, Tim, I want to mention real quick, that's quietly sneaking up on everybody and starting to show that they're a good program is Coach D'Antonio Sparties. Uh, they're right now sitting at number 18 and five and two. So uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're playing some good ball. They started off slow. You know, they've always been a thorn in Ohio State's side the last uh, five, seven years. 
every time they thought they were turning a corner, there was that other Michigan team who would come into the U or the shoe, I should say, and and give them trouble. Uh, both uh, in in um, in Spartyville and of course at Ohio State and Columbus. So I, I agree, they're going to be a team to pay attention to. Uh, it's not going to be easy the rest of the way, but I look forward to the challenge. I got Penn State, you got Michigan, you got Michigan State all coming up. Not in that order, but I think it's Penn State, Michigan State, and then Michigan as the uh, the big three they still have to face. And it should be a lot of fun uh, for the Big Ten the rest of the way out, both yeah, in yeah. Uh, the East and the West. Uh, like you mentioned, I think uh, Wisconsin is uh, going to be that team that's going to come out of the West in the Big Ten. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this uh, match up when they have their championship game in Indianapolis. Yeah, this is all. This is this is it. The next couple weeks, man. I, these teams are all playing each other: uh, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. And everything will be clear, and we'll know what's going on with that conference. But man, what a Big Ten championship it'll be this year! Because, man, I, I'm going to tell you, Wisconsin might be the best team in in the Big Ten. We don't know. That's why they have championships. Um, you know, who who else that you and I have talked about Friday night who's playing really good ball right now just slid into the 25th spot in the country is Memphis, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, they're looking pretty good, man. They're coming off with a, a big win, 42-38 over Houston, uh, who's a good football program. So, um, you know, some good football being played across the country. I – uh, thought Kansas State was going to beat Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's lucky they got out of there with a win, man. That was a close one. It was. It was a very good big win for all of them. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see next week as all these uh, great games will be getting underway. Uh, so uh, Notre Dame at uh, Notre Dame hosts North Carolina State next week. Georgia, Florida's next week. Ohio State, Penn State's next week. Houston versus South Florida, as you mentioned, in South Florida. And Austin Peay takes on uh, Central Florida all next uh, next Saturday. So it should be pretty interesting to see how this all match up. Uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma take, play each other. The Badgers uh, take on uh, Illinois. So just to uh, get you uh, ready for it. And on Thursday night, it's Stanford and Oregon State. So there's some interesting uh, football games in college football coming up next week. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, like we had mentioned a little bit ago, the the, the game between the hedges, Georgia and, and Florida, the, the forget what they call it, the biggest cocktail party or whatever like that. Yeah, they used to call it, uh, I guess there's the, uh, the, the country band named after the Florida-Georgia line, you know? Yeah, that it's it usually is a great game. You know, they they it play is. good games, so that'll be a good one. Now, there's no question about it. I think that's uh, played at the Gator Bowl every year as a neutral site. At least yeah. it was for many years. I think so. Yeah. So, anyways, let's uh, let's move on quickly to the NFL. I know it's, we're running a little long here tonight, but I wanted to uh, get my two cents in on the Cleveland Browns losing uh, 12 to nine in a field goal game, and. It's the same story over and over again. The Browns have no quarterback. The Browns have no quarterback. You're not going to win in the NFL without a quarterback. And until this organization recognizes the fact that this year they're headed to no wins until they bring in somebody and at least run a NFL offense 
uh, it's it's just it's, it is what it is, and I'm 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 sad because these are they had about two or three games this year that are are winnable games, and when you lose these quote unquote games that you have the opportunity to win, you just you know you keep going down that that same same stairways going backwards. You know it's one step up, two steps back, and the, and the Browns just can't continue down that road. Look, it means nothing to me because I didn't really believe he should have been starting to begin with. However, you have no wins on this team. Not one quarterback's ever won in the NFL. And then you know what? It's going to stay that way. If they don't go out and find themselves a veteran quarterback the rest of the year, shame on them. Because this is now up to the organization to do the right thing for themselves and for their program. I mean, for their fans. Because you're not going to win with Kessler. You're not going to win Kaiser. You're not going to win Hogan. If you do win a game or two, that's just because the ball bounced your way. It's not because you earned a victory. If you're going to earn a victory, you're going to have to have starting quarterbacking, and without it, it's not, not, it's not going to happen. Uh, you look at every other team in this league, they have it because they have veterans around them who can catch the ball and run the ball and, and uh, play defense. The Browns, yeah, they can play some defense once in a while, but they don't have the offense to to, to compete in the NFL. It's just – it's. This same old story, you know, a different week. And next week uh, I get to watch it at 9.30 in the morning to watch them lose. So I'll have the whole afternoon to get stuff done. Yeah, you know what? I, I really felt for, for you and Mark and all and Anthony. Well, no, Anthony. Is he Anthony? He's not. A, he's no, a he's a Broncos fan. But he's Broncos. having just a bad I always yeah. forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought I saw the score. I was seeing the ticker watching the Pittsburgh game, and I saw they were tied 9-9 in overtime. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to get their first winning. And that against the Titans, they're a good football team. And I saw that they lost, and I, I just felt terrible. And, you know, I had seen also uh, a first happen for, for the NFL uh, Joe Thomas, Mr. Everything offensive lineman, missed his first game. Uh, is of his career, so he missed the first half, yeah, and and I I feel yeah. bad, and and it was bound to happen sooner or later. But it's just, it seems like you know it's it's pouring since it started raining there, and everything's going wrong. And Tim, I I we said this, we talked about it last week, and I said it uh, on my show. You know, you you just like you said. He needs an NFL quarterback to lean on, to help him learn, to understand what's going on. And they need an NFL quarterback who has won a football game to be able to come in and relieve him and and be able to give guys a sense of, okay, guys, I know what's going on. This is what we need to do. They need to stop yeah, I, yeah I, I don't want to deliver on it too much, but I've said it in the past and I'll say it again. I know the political atmosphere in the NFL, and I recognize that chances of him actually playing this year are probably slim to none. But when you're 0-7 in the situation you are, and there's a quarterback out there who has over 50 starts in the NFL, who took a team to a Super Bowl, when you're in the situation you're in, not to bring him in the rest of the year and help you win some ball games. Look, even if it's just for the rest of this season and then you, you go in a different direction next year, you're doing the right thing because just like any other sport, when you're deficient in pitching and baseball, you go out and make trades and find pitching. You know, you go out in the free market in the offseason to get pitching. That's what you do. You have to survive. You have to have someone who can 
who can do those things. And in basketball, when you don't have a point guard, you out, you go out and make a trade to get a point guard, mm-hmm. or you find someone in the D league and you put them in there and you you, you have some experience. Or you find someone from Europe that has experience and you bring them in. That's what you do in sports. It's time for the Cleveland Browns to accept this scenario and do the right thing and bring in a quarterback the rest of the year. Give Jackson a chance to coach with a legitimate NFL quarterback and see if Jackson is part of the problem or not. Because you can't judge Hugh Jackson under the conditions that he's been given. Sincerely. I may not just I may disagree with some of his play calling, but he doesn't have the talent around him to do some of the things he wants to do at the quarterback position. Long term, four or five years from now, you want to make it, you know, or two, three years from now, you want to make a decision on him and you know, in 2020 or 2018, 19, I have no problem. But right now, how can you honestly make a decision on your head coach when the talent that is around him and you're asking him to win games in the NFL? You just can't do it. I, and I don't want to continue to talk about the Browns. They just upset me because it's ridiculous the situation they're in, and it's it's homegrown the problem they have. You know, they're they're paying Brock Osweiler eighteen million dollars not to play for them, and they don't have a quarterback, so they they have their own problems beyond just who takes the snaps. Let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers who had a great game today, beating the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, really uh, putting themselves in position to take control of the AFC North you know I, I have been waiting for our defense to be the steel curtain again and today they looked like it Cincinnati could not stop their defense I don't even know how many sacks we had today but I know a couple drives there was three and out we literally had three sacks in a row and they punted um, our defense looked great TJ Watt Gay, Shazier, they just all look great today. I was so excited. Flipping the side, um, special teams looked really good. Got to have those three phases. Going to offense, Ben looked decent today. The receiving core did okay. I'm going to tell you what, Cincinnati, I knew they had a good defense coming in today, and they showed it. They might have maybe the best defensive backfield in the whole NFL. They were all over our receivers for Pittsburgh today. Other than a couple catches, a touchdown, uh, they had Brown out of the game. They had him blanketed. I forget his name, number 22, the defensive back for uh, the corner for the, the Bengals, was amazing tonight. So was, I think, number 17, the other one. But 22 was a beast. Um, their defense is for real, but – Uh, Our offensive line looked phenomenal, Um, every one of them, not just Villanueva, uh, Pouncey, all of them. And one of our starting tackles is actually hurt, so when he comes back, that looks even better. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is such an amazing, dangerous weapon. He can catch, he can run, he waits for that hole to open. I've never seen a back do what he does. It's really special. You have a dangerous uh, running back like him like Roger Craig was at catching the ball, Emmett Smith, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's priceless. And I, I'm going to quote Tony Romo, what he was saying during the game. I would not, if I was an NFL team, if Pittsburgh's healthy, they are one of, if not the most balanced football team right now in the NFL. And if they're healthy, that's the last team you want to see in January. 
So I hope they stay healthy. I hope they keep improving week by week like they, they've done the last two weeks. And uh, it, it was a good day for, for them. Um, so I feel bad uh, right now, actually, for Arizona. Carson Palmer went down. He had broke his arm today, so he's out for the season. So they lost their starting running back, and they lost their uh, quarterback. Now, yeah, uh, all day is there. Adrian Peterson is there, but uh, he's having a, a decent year. But, man, the Rams, look at them. They're 5-2 and two right now, 33 nothing. Saints are four and two. They beat the pack who obviously they lost Aaron Rodgers to a broken collarbone. They're done. Um, right now, I think, uh, let's see, the Falcons are losing to the Patriots 10, nothing. Everybody knows uh, that game, man. When we talked about it Friday night, uh, the Thursday night chiefs Raiders game, the 31 30, uh, Raiders win was an amazing game, that big rivalry. Um, you know, I'll let you talk about some other games that happened today, Tim. Well, yeah, the uh, Dolphins coming up with the 31-28 win for the over the Jets. That was a big win for the Dolphins. They continue oh, yeah. to play better football. And Cutler seems to have found himself here the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's a type of quarterback who is a veteran. You know, they went out and got because Kenny Hill's injury and – you know, he's familiar with that system because it's the same. Uh, their head coach was the, his offensive coordinator at Chicago for a couple of years. So, you know, it seems like he's finding his ground. And, you know, if he can stay away from the turnovers, I think the Miami's going to have a chance to surprise a few teams the second half of the season as they continue to uh, move down in the right way. But you talked about the Cardinals real quickly, about Palmer going down with the injury. That's probably the end of his career at his age. I can't imagine – uh, him really continuing uh, beyond this season just because of injuries and age. However, you know, as I, I was I'm begging the Browns to go out and sign Colin Kaepernick, wouldn't shock me if the Cardinals could make that move this week because they, you know, Drew Stanton, do you really think they're going to have a chance to win with Drew Stanton? I don't think so. No. And they're going to need somebody to at least back him up and give him death at the quarterback position, something the Browns don't understand about death at quarterback position. And uh, let's hope that happens. You know, uh, I like to see him back in the NFL. He's a hell of a player. Yes. Take, take away all the political BS that's going on, as we talked about that before. Um, just as a football player, I, I, I'll take Colin Kaepernick uh, against a lot of different quarterbacks in the NFL today, and that's just because of his, his talent level. I'm not talking about anything else. Coming away with a shutout win against the Broncos today, 21-0. Yeah. The Chargers. I was going to say they they got off to a slow start, but they seem to find some footing here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they got their new home in LA, and they're playing well the last few weeks, like you just said, man. And you know, much to Anthony's uh, chagrin, uh, they shut down the Broncos, and you know, all of a sudden, Broncos, everybody's talking about how good they look, and they're going to win another Super Bowl this year. Their defense isn't—they're looking three and three right now, man. They're struggling, so they—they uh, they need to start playing better ball. Uh, Seattle is playing good ball again. They're four and two with a twenty-four-seven win over the Giants. So they're looking tough. Um, I'm excited actually about tomorrow's game. Uh, undefeated Philadelphia or five and one Philadelphia against three and two Redskins. 
they're both good. You haven't seen both those teams good at yeah. that conference for a while. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game and to see who's for real. I agree. It's going to be a great game tomorrow night, and I'm looking forward to that one. You know, one other uh, – you know the Cowboys won. They got back on their winning on the winning ledger with the win against the Niners. Not a big surprise. Blew them out forty to ten. You mentioned Seahawks. The Giants went back to their normal ways, losing. Uh, you know, twenty four seven to the Seahawks. How about and the Jags? The, and the Jags. Yeah, the Jags shut out uh, the Colts twenty seven nothing. Yeah, that's a big shocker. Not that they won, but how they won. I thought uh, Indianapolis looked like the last few weeks have been playing good football, but. Uh, not not to happen this week. You can definitely see that. And the Bills coming away with a three-point win in overtime against Buccaneers. That was a big win yeah. for them. Yeah, that's a big win because uh, I'm going to tell you what. The Buccaneers might be two and four, but they're a better football team than that. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, Jameis Winston in the next year or two, you're going to see him start to really blossom. They've got great receivers on that team. Uh, they, they've got a – they're just – like almost there, they're one of those teams. They've seen to climb that hill completely. Yeah, yeah there's a yeah. team that's one step up, two steps back, uh, and they have too much talent for that. I agree with you. They should be better. And you know, through the first uh, third of the season, we haven't seen. I don't think their best football. There's no doubt about it. Hopefully, for uh, football fans across the nation, we'll see that because there's so much talent on that team, as you mentioned. Yeah, I really right. think they are the team that to watch the next few years. Uh, they have some great talent everywhere and on both offensive and defense. And I, I don't quite understand how they're having the problems that they're having, but they seem to be just inconsistent uh, throughout the uh, 2017 season. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think they will definitely be a team on the rise, but I'll tell you one who is on the rise now who is playing impressive football are the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they're five and two. They beat the Ravens 24-16. They look strong. They got a strong defense, a good offense. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is back yet. No, he's not. Uh, he's not back, and it almost makes you think as good as they're playing right now, when he comes back, do you put him in there at starting position? Because the kid that's there right now is playing phenomenal. I think Casey Keenum keeps the job until he proves that he can't do it. I because agree. obviously, you know, you know, uh, their starting quarterback to start the year went down with the injury. So I mean, Keenum's done a great job. I mean, he may not be flashy, but he's winning, and mm -hmm. you know that's the key in the NFL. I think Bridgewater long term is, is an answer there. I don't think I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. That's that's going to be interesting to find out long term how they do it. But there's there's a perfect example of what I'm talking about about quarterback depth. You don't win in the NFL with with three basically rookie quarterbacks or, or second year quarterbacks and a rookie quarterback that's never won in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, not in this league. You know you you know in baseball you may win seventy games because you have a, a young pitching staff just because you play 162 of them. But you know, you just you got you got to do it. You know, you got to have experience at that position. If you don't have experience, then you need a very veteran team around him and an offensive coordinator that understands that he's working with a rookie quarterback and put him in better situations where they don't succeed. Here I go again, off just rambling off about the Browns. Enough of that crap. Well, but uh, you know, that's who. The, by the way, that's the Minnesota is who the Browns have next, and that is in London. So it's an early game next yeah. Sunday uh, morning. 
Yeah, that that's cool that they're going over there. They're opening up uh, international wise. Football has become a global sport. They're actually starting to play it like in in Japan and and other countries. You would never imagine them. You know, you're starting to see a lot more Canadian football players. Some guys making it to the NFL now. So you know, there's good athletes all over the globe. Guys are learning how to play it. Will they ever be as as concentrated as the USA? No. This is where it was originated. That's where the best will always be played. But you're going to see snippets of guys, a guy from here, a guy from there, all over the world, start to to make it once in a blue moon. So I think that's exciting. They go over to, to other countries and play. Um, but you know, one more game I we I don't think we mentioned. Uh, you might have. If, I, if you did, I apologize. Uh, the Bears beat the Panthers 17-3 today. And the Bears, um, you know, they started out slow, but they've the last few games they've played pretty well. So uh, I'm interested to see how they turn out the rest of the year. Example of using a rookie quarterback correctly. They didn't start the season with him. You know, they did have a veteran, you know, start the season, and he did get off a bad start. And they did make the switch to Drabinsky. Him to do too much. They're actually going to manage the ball game. And use their running backs. They got Howard. They have a good, you know, receiving core, and their defense has been playing well. And that, you know, that's a huge win against uh, the Panthers. I tell you what, that's a team that's underperforming. Talk about inconsistency. Oh, yeah. You just don't know which one you're going to get each week. Yeah. Oh man, with the with the athletes they have, I mean, you think about how good they were just recently in the last couple of years, and all of a sudden they just are playing so bad. Uh, it makes you wonder what's going on there, and it shows you. You know, I mean, parity happens in the NFL. Got teams one year that are smoking, next year they're struggling. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on in Carolina, but uh, he, he – it's still Jack Del Rio, right? Yeah. Yeah, he needs to, to get things under control there soon because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely out of control. There's no question about it. Maybe the most disappointing team in the NFL in a lot of ways – the last two seasons after being 16 and one and getting to the Super Bowl just yeah. two years ago. And uh, it's amazing. You know, they, they were a team that thought everyone thought may challenge the Dolphins two years ago for the best record ever. And then they only lose one game in the regular season to get to the Super Bowl, lose that game. And since that loss have not been the same football team, there's no question about it. Talk about a team that uh, did not take advantage of their opportunity. It was the Panthers. And, they right now just can't seem to put a real streak together of two, three, four games in a row of playing good football. And they may have talented quarterback in the game, you know, what he can do, you know, and Cam, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's a good leader on that team. It's just, it's unfortunate. They just can't seem to uh, they cash in on a weekly basis uh, on a consistent basis the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I agree. And I, I liken it to, kind of what's happening right now with the Falcons. I mean, you look at what happened in that Super Bowl. I mean, I still, honest to God, I have never in my life have ever really – I mean, there was one other time that I actually thought there was a fix, and that was in 95 when Neil O'Donnell threw that last interception to the – I forget the deep, maybe Woodson or whoever for Dallas – 
there was no Steeler receiver. And then he ended up flying to New York that night from the Super Bowl and signed with the Jets the very next day. That made me one. It made me think they was fixed. Last year, I swear, I, I believe 100% that that was fixed, that, that uh, he was – that um, I'm going blank, uh, New England's quarterback, Tom Brady – was meant to win the Super Bowl, had be the first one to ever win five, and the way that everybody kisses their behinds because of Robert Kraft, and uh, it was they were dominating them. And then well, you know what? Right. I, I'll say this. I'll say this for that game. Uh, the 49ers head coach right now uh, was the offensive coordinator. I can't. I'm drawing a blank on his name. The former Cleveland Brown offensive coordinator. Uh, his his dad was the head coach of the Bo- the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, what's his name? I can't think of it right now. Um, oh, it's terrible. I, I have it in my mind and I can't think of it. Anyways, he's he's he has that too smart for youth syndrome in the NFL, and in the process uh, during the Super Bowl when they needed to run the ball late in the game, he started throwing it every down. Ended up giving New England a chance to get back. Jim I honestly Thomas think. Sola? Thomas Sula? You're no, saying he's was, the 49ers head coach? He's the 49ers head coach right now. Jim Sula. No, no, that, that's a couple years back. Tom Sula. Oh, okay. Well, him. I just I just did it, and that's who came up. Oh, uh, shoot. I can't think of his name. Isn't that terrible? Let me see. 49ers. John Embry? Nope. No. No. Uh, Coaching staff. This is bothering me. It's not coming up here. <laughs> I want to know. I'm sure people are yelling at us right now, saying, yeah, "Why don't you know this?" Who it is. It's. I don't know why it's not. That shows you the respect that they have for the 49ers. On Kyle Shanahan. That's it. It is. Yeah. 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 Kyle Shanahan. My my mind. Sometimes I have these thoughts. I see the guys. Guy's face, I can't remember his name, but uh, Kyle Shanahan was the uh, is the head coach down for the 49ers. He was the offensive coordinator last year for the Atlanta uh, Hawks, and I mean the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, excuse me, Hawks is basketball. Uh, the Falcons, and you know he admitted late in the after the game that he made mistakes of the play calling late in the game when they needed to just take time off the clock. He kept throwing the ball, and they were calling in completely yeah. extending the game and. That really cost them the Super Bowl. I ain't going to, you know, I, there's no way to hide it. That cost them the no. Super Bowl. There are times, and you know this better than anyone because you played for him, who was probably one of the best time management clock coaches there ever was in Jim Trestle. He understood when, you know, you have a lead and you're late in the ball game, the clock becomes the 12th pl- player on the team, and you just want that clock to continue to run as much as possible. That's why he never ran up scores that much. Is you know if it happened, it happened, but it was never a uh, a planned thing to do. He just wanted to win the ball game. Mm-hmm. And if he had the lead late in the ball game, he could run the ball. You know damn well that Jim Trestle was going to run the ball. Yeah, milk it, baby. I always say it when we're doing games: milk that clock, stay in bounds. You have the lead, man. That comes right from my from what I was taught in football. Just there's no reason that to to keep going, man. Get those minutes off the clock as fast as possible. And uh, they they had them. They had the Super Bowl. I I thought they were gonna blow them they out of the water, and they blew it. 
they blew they, it. They really did. They really did blow it. I agree with you. They should have won it. And they, you know, I give New England all the credit in the world. You give them oh, an yeah. inch, they're going to take a mile. And yeah. that's what good football teams do. And that's what they did. Next week, Matt, week 10 of the high school football season will be here. As I said in week one, as we now witness, as we get to week 10, it's the fastest 10 weeks of the year. They just fly by game with Liberty and Gerard, a playoff bound Gerard team taking on a very determined Liberty team to make the playoffs. So it should be a great game come Friday night. You can hear it on Z104 here in the Valley and across the world at oldies z104.com and matt and i will have that call unfortunately anthony will not be able to join us on week 10 his schedule got changed he has to work matt but uh you're gonna see him in south bend as both of you will be heading out there for that game matt uh, i already talked to anthony he says i'm getting my ticket i'm going to south bend yeah he texted me early today and said that uh he was not going to the ysu game next week that he'll be at south bend and he wants to try and uh, meet up, and we'll definitely uh, see each other at that game. So I'm excited that uh, I'll have some more buddies at, at the Irish football game. Um, you know, going back to the Gerard game, I am I can't believe it's week 10. It's flown by. I'm so excited. We'll have playoff games to do. You know, it being in Gerard um, makes me think of something uh, – extremely sad and terrible that happened last night in the city of Girard. Yeah. Uh, we, we lost a, a police officer from the city of Girard, 31 year old five year vet, Justin Leo was shot and killed last night, uh, dealing with a, a situation at a, at a home. And, uh, apparently somebody was either talking about committing suicide or, when you have domestic disputes, those are the ones that police don't ever want to deal with because those are the most dangerous. And uh, he was and he got shot and killed. His partner killed the person who did it. But now his family, you multiply that by exponentially how many people it's affected. And our hearts go out to him and his family. And I'm sure there will be something done at the game uh, honoring him and, and the police force. So. Um, you know, it was on CNN. It was on national news. Uh, I'm just devastated for for him and his family. So, you know, our hearts go out to them. Oh, without question, it was as you mentioned. I've always talked to those who have been in law enforcement and said, you know, domestic calls are some of the most dangerous things that they have to deal with on a daily basis because they just never know who's behind that door and what their motives are and. It's a uh, it's a tragic tragic thing for our community and uh, for obviously all those in Gerard and the families that have been infected or inflicted by this uh, unfortunate death and shooting that happened a few days ago here locally. Matt, one last thing to talk about and then just give you a chance to tell everybody to listen to Just Football with Matt Ems this Tuesday night on WBBW twelve forty here in the Valley and on the 1240 Sports Radio app uh, from 6 to 7. It is your show, Just Football with Matt Amps. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that that shot. Um, I look forward every week to the 6 o'clock hour where, where I am in charge and it's my show and we focus on, just like the name says, nothing but football. And we 
basically follow almost the same exact thing that we do here. We go high school, college, and pros. Uh, we have picks for the games coming up. We talk about the top 25, a little bit about pros. We, we spend probably the least amount of time on the NFL, but um, you know everything getting so geared up right now with high school and the playoffs and with the, the college football playoffs starting to get a clearer view of who's in position to, to jockey in there possibly. Uh, we spend the most time on that. And then we have our uh, Robbins Avenue sponsored question of the week. Uh, Robbins Avenue Pizza sponsors us uh, to have a question of the week. We try and, well, I try and make it a, a difficult question and whoever can call in and, and give the right answer gets a $10 gift certificate to Robbins Avenue Pizza and Niles and uh, it's it's really uh, grown in popularity, and I'm looking forward to this Tuesday. Yeah, and one last thing to plug is before we get going, uh, our scoreboard show podcast will be up here shortly, of course, along with this. And next Friday night, uh, with the conjunction of Matt Emps and Anthony Kepley and myself, we will be live here on Google Hangout. If you want to join us as we're going to go through all the regions and the playoff matchups, that will be all determined the next Friday night after the game. So you want to stay tuned Friday night. Uh, we're going to try to get together here on Google Hangout and go through Ohio High School Athletics Association playoffs, especially the regions that matter first locally to the Mahoning Valley. And then we'll look at some of the matchups around the, around the state as there's some, some great matchups in uh, divisions one through seven all four regions in each division. So it is going to get exciting here next weekend on Radio MVP. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to be here next week and talk about those playoff games coming up. You have a great night. For Matt Ench, I'm Tim Continenza. This has been Episode 4 of the Football Show. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you very soon on Friday night. One more time, it's Gerard and Liberty on Z104. Good night, everyone.